talk about you, let's talk about me, let's talk about us, let's talk about we, let's talk about wealth, let's talk about greed, let's talk being broke, living in poverty, let's talk about black, let's talk about white, let's talk about how we still fight for our rights, let's talk government, sex, schemes, and drugs, and let's talk about God, let's talk about love, let's discuss our feelings. Welcome to Blessed to BS. I'm your host, Wantra Levet, and this is Bougie Bible Studies. If you are new here, I'd like to welcome you to the best Bible study class that you will ever come across, that you will ever come in contact with, period. Like, why wouldn't you want to study the Bible with me? I mean, just why? If you are not new here, then I'd like to welcome you back to the best Bible study class that you ever come across. And yes, we are jumping into class seven. Class seven, you guys. So that's seven weeks in. We've been here. We've been rocking. We've been doing our stuff and we've been reading the Bible. Now, if you are new here and you wonder where we started at, class one started at Luke one. Class two was Luke two. Class three was Mark one. Class four was Mark nine. Class five was Matthew five. Class six was Matthew six. And now today's class seven is going to be in Luke chapter 15. You are jumping back into with us. Then you already know where we left off, where Jesus um, introduces the Sermon on the Mountain to his disciples, where he started to teach them the laws and rules and things that they should apply. We did stop at 14 laws, but there are more laws, but we haven't gotten there yet. Today's week's class, we're going to jump into Luke chapter 15, which bring us back into Luke. There's a lot of information that we probably don't come across or we probably have missed or, you know, a lot of names that we haven't heard, a lot of things that we don't be familiar with or we're not familiar with but no worry nevertheless we're gonna actually like it's all gonna make sense at the end of it and not only that it's like it's kind of making sense from when we started off like when we start off in luke chapter one it basically like gave us insight to what most people already talk about it was like a jump start to kind of fill us in of christianity to know what's happening in the bible and what was what is being taught in the churches today Luke chapter one gave us a picture of Zechariah, his wife, Elizabeth, who gave birth to John the Baptist, who also introduced us to Mary. The angel approached both Zechariah and approached Mary in Luke chapter one. And then in Luke chapter two, Mary ends up having baby Jesus in the barn. And that was pretty interesting because she ended up having a baby in Bethlehem where it was crowded and she had to have her baby in a barn. But anyways, you should check out the episodes before if you want to kind of jump and see where we are today. But you don't want to be like left off behind and check out the episodes before you catch up with us. And then you'll be right on track with us today. We are in class seven. Again, this is Luke chapter 15. And this title is Parables of Jesus. I read the Bible all the time, but nothing really sticks with me. But since I've been reading these chapters, it's been really sticking with me. And I've been really getting an insight and understanding of what goes down from Jesus healing people, pulling out impure spirits, teaching his disciples what the law should be. For him just dedicating his whole life into God's glory, just to make sure that God's um, prophet prophecy is fulfilled like Jesus was all for it he's like the son of God so 
just getting an insight and a backstory of that makes me aware. It makes me really get and understand it. And it actually gets me closer to God. And I say that to say, like, the devil has been really, like, getting at me um, for the past couple days. Just in my emotions, I know that's where he creeping at. Lately, i just been kind of feeling undefeated, a little bit overwhelmed by life in general. Just looking on social media, looking at things, me getting older and all these things, feeling like I'm not where I should be and all these things, how the enemy tries to get in and trick you and all this stuff. So he has been trying to attack my mind. And so I've been just really just trying to get closer to God and more closer to God because I know that the enemy see me getting closer to God. And so his, his, strategy is to get me some way somehow i just been asking god to really just help me fight this battle with the enemy because i know sometimes the lord allows things to happen to bring awareness to ourselves and i know that i personally need need that connection with god to get closer to him so these scriptures and these chapters have really been helping me because i really been needing to find words and things to say to god even when i don't even have the right words to say especially when the enemy tries to get me in a place of depression and anxiety or just worrying of feeling like again I'm not where I should be or I don't have enough and just you know how the enemy try to come still kill and destroy with God got going on for you so you guys it has really been tough for me especially these past couple days I'm in a transition of moving also being in the same place so it's a lot for me it's just a lot with my job it's a lot with my career choices a lot with my business choices and sometimes you get kind of overwhelmed and you kind of feel like again like you you're being defeated like life is just really kicking your butt but if I look back I can really see the progress that I've made and I can really see that God is have his hand on me and he's taking me places that I can't even imagine. And so when I start to think that, okay, Wontrell, your thoughts and your mind is getting the best of you because God don't think like you. He don't move like you. He don't talk like you. So if it's you up in your mind, then you just need to know that like, the enemy is trying to use you to get to you. But if you can just hear the words of God, just know that God is going to see the promise fulfilled. He's never going to put you put more on you that you can handle he's never going to put put you in places that you shouldn't be he's never going to allow something to happen that shouldn't happen and so everything that's been happening i've been trying to take it with a grain of salt and be like well if god allowed it to happen especially with my patience because yesterday i had an incident where my patience had really tested me and i see over time how much god is working with me and my patience but you guys i could just really talk about these emotions and feelings all day, but I'm not trying to let them consume me. I'm not trying to let my emotions and feelings get the best of me because the enemy needs to know that he cannot win here. He cannot come and try to still kill and destroy what God is actually planted and producing and making known. So I'm never going to let the enemy win, but he needs to know that he can't have me there for long. That's for sure. So again, you guys, we're jumping into Luke chapter 15. Now, I'm not going to really talk too much. I'm really going to just jump right up into it because I'm trying to see what happens when we are. When we left off in Matthew chapter 6, um, it was actually a continuation from Matthew chapter 5. 
Matthew chapter five, where Jesus was um giving a sermon on a mountain to his disciples, again, teaching them the laws and all that. So we learned about 14 laws now in Luke chapter 15. So let's find out what Luke chapter 15 has to offer us in knowledge and understanding and plus a relationship with God. Remember, a relationship with God, not religion with God. So grab your Bibles. I read out of the NIV and that's just my choice, my my choice of my version of what I want to read out of. You can read out of whatever you choose to read out of. That's your choice. Um, but yeah, go ahead and grab your Bibles, grab your notepads, grab whatever it is that you need to keep you in tune with us. And if you are ready, let's go. Luke chapter 15, the parables of the last sheep. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Okay, um, jumping in real hot, Luke chapter 15. So that was from verse one all the way to verse seven. Like going after the 99, I mean, going after the one, say if you have 99 sheep and one get lost, you have 100 and one get lost. Would you not go after the one because you have 99? Jesus like, I tell you, <sighs> 99 righteous people wouldn't get the rejoice of one sinner being born again and repented into heaven. Mm, that's 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 pretty thick. That's pretty thick. That's 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 pretty thick that he would go after the one even if he got 99. That's amazing because he's not saying that just because I have 99 this one doesn't matter. The parables of the lost coin. Verse 8. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Amen to that. Verse 11, the parables of the lost son. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estates. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and while living. So he went off did his thing. He went to go party and everything. Verse 14. After he has spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself 
out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Thanks for coming to class. Don't forget to press the like button. And if you like to study with me every Sunday, click the subscribe button to keep up with me as well on other platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to share with others. I will and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher servants. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed you, never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home you kill the fattened calf for him my son the father said you are always with me and everything i have is yours to celebrate everything i have is yours but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found that's chapter 15 you guys Luke chapter 15 wow Jesus gave three parables and the last parable was pretty pretty intense because I could see why the older son will feel some type of way if you hear the explanation from his father it's like you've been with me this entire time but your brother he was gone he was lost we didn't know if he was dead or alive or anything but he has come back so why we wouldn't celebrate because you've been here with us the whole time Breaking down Luke chapter 15, Jesus gave three parables. I'm sure there's more parables, but we haven't gotten to them yet because we are stopping in Luke chapter 15. And going over there, the first parable was the parables of the sheep. When Jesus sat amongst tax collectors and the sinners, 
You have the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who was muttering and talking crap and gossiping because Jesus was actually sitting with the tax collectors, the um, sinners. And they were like, oh my goodness, he sit with tax collectors and sinners. I cannot believe that you're Jesus. But they were basically, you know, gossiping and Jesus basically gave him the parable of the sheep. Like if you had a hundred sheep, would you not go after one of the sheep that gets lost and be gone because you got 99? Wouldn't you find your sheep and then rejoice to your friends? Like, yes, I found my sheep. The same way I tell you that heaven will rejoice for one sinner who repents over 99 righteous people. Like that really hit home because the churches and the righteous people, not just the churches, but righteous people just think that they got an upper one on people. But the whole time God is like, I would rather take a sinner and rejoice over a sinner than righteous because we all feel like we got to be righteous, right? Man, I am a sinner. Then he gave another parable of the coins, the lost coins of the woman who may have 10 silver coins and she loses one. Will she not clean up her whole house and search for her coin and call her friends like, girl, I mean that. I ain't mean to say that you stole my money, girl. I, I, I wasn't looking for it and everything, but I ended up finding it. And yes, I'm so happy that I found it because you know how I could be when you end up losing something. So yeah, I like that parable for the coins because I have accused somebody before in my lifetime. Not recently, but I have accused somebody before in my lifetime. And I thought like, oh, this person that stole me. When you find what you thought you lost, you get the calling to rejoice. Same way God tell you that he will be happy um, over one sinner than over nine. Then he gave the parables of the lost son. Here you have a father who split wages between two sons, an older son and a younger son. The younger son did exactly what a younger child would do, which is go spend their money, go hang out, go buy clothes, go buy, go to the strip club, go do whatever needs to be done to spend that money and go have a good time. And he ended up losing all his money, ended up trying to work for somebody else. But of course, they wasn't even paying him no mind, wasn't even feeding him good enough, wasn't even feeding him like they were feeding their own pigs. And so he thought to himself like, yo, my servants that work for my father, they eat better than me. Like I'm going to go tell my dad to hire me because I'm out here on the low low on some bummy stuff or whatever so he basically felt like he sent against heaven and sent against his father and he went back home but when he went back home his father was actually happy that he came home just like with God he'd be so happy I feel like God be so happy when we come home um because I know for me the enemy has been trying to attack me oh yes child the enemy has been trying to attack me he has been coming for my my mind my heart my emotions just been coming for me like non-stop and i know it's because my relationship with god is getting stronger and stronger the enemy do not like that when the son went back home of course the father celebrated he cut up the big calf got put the ring back on his finger rub on his body he was real happy and the older son was very much angry and very much giving off hater vibes it's always somebody giving off hater vibes not really feeling his little brother coming back and getting all this type of attention so he did not want to go inside the house basically like really like being i don't know people be funny like real funny acting like you should be happy that your little brother came back but i guess he was jealous felt some type of way his father never even gave him a goat to celebrate with his friends but his father like you been had the goat you had the calf you had everything you could have been having anything that you want like you should be happy because this son of mine he was lost and now he's come back he's found you feel me like he was once dead and now he alive man that hit 
that hit that really did i have two kids it's kind of opposite for me for my kids though my son and my daughter very much opposite my son is older my daughter is younger the way they handle their finances is totally different i see me equally splitting you know down the middle when something happens to me it just goes straight down the middle to my kids I don't know which one would handle it better, but I kind of have a slight insight that my youngest daughter will handle it finance better than my son. But again, I could be wrong. And it's just, it's just based off my own insight. I don't know what God has planned for them and how he will operate in their lives. To see that is just like, it makes me understand that a father or a parent should be compassionate for their kid despite what their child does. And I can go into more detail, but let me just say this. The enemy and the Lord definitely work hand in hand. Um, notice that the enemy has been trying to get to me emotionally and my feelings, just emotionally and my mind and my heart. And so has the Lord. The Lord has been trying to get to me and my feelings, my mind, my heart, and just trying to get me to understand where he take place at. The enemy also is trying to get me to understand where he take place at and the type of things that he bring into um, our lives, which is destruction, anger, you know, fear, anxiety, depression, all that stuff that falls not with being able to read these chapters, being able to hear these stories, it's putting everything into context for me because I do hear this stuff in church and I do hear the preachers preach about this. But if I don't really understand what they're talking about, then I'm never, it's never really going to resonate with me. It's never going to be in comprehension to me where I really understand what these stories is talking about and what Jesus or what the Lord is actually trying to tell me and talk to me. So there's no reward in already doing what's supposed to be, be done. I think the reward comes from actually coming out of that dark place, actually defeating the enemy, every day facing the challenges of not letting the enemy overwhelm you because they both have a plan. Especially yesterday, my patience was tested to the point I felt like both the enemy and the and God was talking to me. And I felt like the enemy was basically it amping me up, edging me up. Like, what you gonna do? Like, you gonna let this go down like that? Like, you gonna, you, you're not gonna say nothing. You're not gonna speak up, you know? And I felt that. I felt like the enemy actually like raging me up. And I also felt God um, sensing and giving me that peace that I needed to calm, telling me like, I don't need to worry about that. He's right there with me. Just be calm, relax, handle it very properly. Just very in a, in a very sensational, calm matter. I felt the Holy Spirit basically trying to calm me down. And I definitely felt the enemy trying to round me up. So it it is definitely a battle in the, in the realms that we do not see. And sometimes being spiritually connected, you feel that. And I feel this more I get spiritually connected in relationship with God, the more I could feel within the realms of what's going on. Get these three parables broke down to me. I really appreciate the Bible for the stories that they have in there. Now, I'm not really too fond about how some people preach about these stories and how they try to tell you to do with your life. And that's not, that's not, that's not my, that's not my business. That's, that's for God to handle with you. You guys, we went, we dived deep. We got, we got the knowledge. We went into Luke chapter 15. Next week, we'll be going into John chapter three, a conversation with Jesus. Everything is aligning up 
to what we should know from Luke chapter one all the way down to Luke chapter 15. Even though we didn't dig all the way in the Luke chapters, we basically bounced around, bounced around from different chapters and we still got to understand of what Jesus is doing. He is not playing about the message that he has for the people. And if we could just take those messages and ask God to give us the message, give us the daily bread that we need, we will be all right. Again, this is Bougie Bible Studies. I'm your host, Wantra Levette, and you are now related to me through Christ. So welcome all my cousins in Christ. If you know somebody who have a hard time reading the Bible, who don't even know where to start, who want to read the Bible, who want to study with us, then go ahead and send them, send them over here. Get them, tell them to come, come, come connect with us. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Blessed to be us, Bougie Bible Studies. Or you can just simply search my name, Wantra Levette. Send it to your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your auntie, uncle, your cousin, your friend in college, your friends in school, high school, elementary, all that, because this is Bible Study 101. We raw, authentic, and we getting straight to it. So until next week, you guys, I will talk to you and see you. Bye.